welcome to a special edition of the In Technology podcast, live from the Green Room, Intel Innovation 2023. Host Camille Moorhart was in San Jose, California last week for innovation, and she pulled some of the participants off the show floor, including a couple of keynote speakers, to learn more about innovations in securing AI and securing the cloud, also about efforts to involve more people and companies in AI, and thoughts on the future of AI and security. Here's Camille. Cyrus Rafi, Senior Business Development Manager from F5, welcome. Thank you very much, Camille, for having me here today. Yeah, so can you start off by telling us what F5 does? So F5, we're the leader in application delivery and security. Uh, We are used by 48 of the Fortune 50, and 85% of the Fortune 500 rely on us to secure and manage their traffic. Okay, and so tell me what you're doing or showing here at Innovation. Well, we've had over 25 years of uh, relationship with Intel and quite a few years with Red Hat. And one of our solutions, NGINX, we're demonstrating our NGINX uh, support for Quick Assist Technology or QAT by Intel running on Red Hat Enterprise Linux. So what kinds of trends do you think that people should be thinking about uh, in security as we move forward here over the next year? Well, there's a lot happening right now, you know, between uh, multi-cloud environments that require security end-to-end for the new AI workloads out there. All of them will require security, and the security consists of many different things. You know, first and foremost is data in transit, which requires encryption. Then you also need to be able to filter that traffic to make sure there's no hidden uh, agenda in that traffic that's coming to and from either your AI models or bad bots, uh, things like that, coming in and out of your general workloads, whether it's, say, financial or healthcare or other, everyone needs to protect their environment and their application. Well, thank you very much, Cyrus Rafi from F5. I appreciate your time. Camille, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. I have Ryan B. from No Name Security. He's Technical Director, Solution Architecture. What are you doing here at Innovation, Ryan? So we're working with Intel on the new Intel Trust Authority service to confirm that we are indeed using trustworthy hardware, such as the Intel TDX chip, that will encrypt in real time the machine learning we're doing to analyze confidential data, such as credit card numbers or patient data for a healthcare API. So we are literally building robots that are helping customers and enterprises secure their APIs. We're analyzing API network traffic using machine learning to detect anomalies in the network traffic in order to find the hackers and malicious activity while also letting in the good transactions. So what do you think are going to be some upcoming machine learning trends as we kind of exit out 2023, move into 2024? I think really what we're here talking about with Intel and the reason why we're in the confidential computing section of the show floor here today is because we don't think it's appropriate to analyze API traffic on a public cloud AI service. We think that you should be putting that on your own encrypted VMs, your own hardware, and not sharing such data with the public cloud provider at all in order to maintain your compliance posture. When you say you think that that's appropriate, are you talking about like 
large scale enterprises or gigantic machine learning models or anybody who's anyone at all I mean what what is what is personal data how do you define it it could be your email address that you're putting into a mobile app it could be something like a booking website that you're booking a hotel or a flight on it could be anything at all it could even be a video game that your kids are playing and do you consider what you're working on confidential AI, this kind of a newish term that's floating around these days? I, I think it's a first of a kind. I mean, the fact of the matter is I'm literally using the language. We're doing encrypted machine learning with near real-time speeds. Mm -hmm. And that whole idea that we're encrypting what machine learning and AI is seeing is a pretty new idea. I don't hear many other people even trying to talk about that right now. And that's probably because they couldn't. These servers aren't even for sale yet. Google still has it in preview mode, and Azure's just about to announce it. And so the fact of the matter is, we're simply one of the first movers working with Intel on this because it's a brand new innovation that Intel's literally bringing to market right now. How did you actually personally get involved in this space? We've been working with Intel for over a year now, and Intel gave us some preview access to some technology back in November that I got interested in. And then it evolved from that network card use case I talk about. That was the first one I was working on with Intel, was putting machine learning on a network card because we were focused on telco-grade edge computing was the initial use case. And air-gapped environments that might not be on the cloud at all. It might be private infrastructure that these network cards are installed on. And Intel was like, well, that was pretty interesting what you did there, Ryan. What do you think about confidential computing? I'm like, well, I'm definitely interested. I'll take a look. Because it was still preview. I didn't know much about it at the time. And so the relationship has evolved, and as a result, you saw No Name on stage today with your CTO, Greg, and the No Name brand was then advertised as one of the first movers in the marketplace to be participating in this new Intel Trust Authority service that you're launching right now to confirm that the hardware you're installing your confidential APIs on is actually trustworthy hardware, be it on the cloud or on-premise. Ryan B. from No Name, thank you for your time. Thank you. Welcome to Innovation, Pupak Modorisari Enbaum from Talis, your Chief Marketing Officer. Thank you. So you actually were on stage earlier today with Greg Lavender in the keynote. So uh, what were you announcing today? So we were announcing about the collaboration that we're doing to enforce and enhance uh, trust in confidential computing. The industry has been pretty good at protecting data and sensitive workload at rest or in flight. What we're doing today, we're enhancing and we are adding um, protection in use um, to the repertoire as well, so. Okay, and what kinds of, I guess I should say verticals or what kinds of scenarios do you think people are, are gonna start adopting this? Because it's gonna be some kind of a ramp, right? It, I assume. Yes, so we are um, the highly regulated market, of course, because of uh, compliance and regulatory um, aspect, it has been, um, most of a target market. It could be the federal, it could be public sector, healthcare, financial services. And what, for those people who aren't familiar with the name Talus, I know it's actually a very large enterprise, but what does Talus do? Talus is a big company and we do a lot of things. Uh, but I uh, am from the digital identity and security division of Talus uh, with a, a specific uh, task around cybersecurity, which is encryption and access management mainly. And what do you think we should pay attention to in terms of upcoming trends, either in encryption or security or AI or machine learning as we kind of exit 2023 and move into a new year? 
now when we are living more of an on-prem environment and trying to leverage cloud for a lot of advantages it brings in terms of elasticity, saving costs more uh, from the operational perspective, um, or using edge and um, confidential computing, it's important that we still have the same mindset and making sure that the customer who owns the data is in control of the data and the data security. Uh, we used to say that's your data and their cloud, which means that we should um, have a separation of duty to make sure that the cloud provider are responsible about what they're good at is having the integrity and security of the infrastructure of their cloud while the customer remain in control of the data. What we announced today also add um, another layer, as I said before, um, for data in use, which means when you process the data within the um, trusted execution environment, which is a confined and isolated um, place, you still need attestation to verify that this trusted execution environment is actually is what they say it is, right? From a hardware perspective, software perspective. So that is the trend, um, decoupling anything that would limit customers' control over their own data. Thank you, Pupak, for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay. Michael Blum, CEO of Beekeeper AI. What are you doing at Innovation? Well, um, we're here to see where Intel is going, what the latest is in terms of AI and support for AI, how they're looking at really empowering the, um, the training phase, the validation phase, and protecting the data most importantly. Um, Beekeeper AI is a healthcare AI um, enabling technology. Essentially, we allow healthcare um, providers who have the data to participate in AI, but it's all about privacy and security and ease of use. So how actually does that work? So we're a platform that sits between the, we call them the data stewards, so the healthcare providers who are the stewards of your healthcare data and the algorithm developers. So the platform, cloud platform, sits in the middle between them and we kind of do a marketplace where we match up the algorithm developer who needs access to the data steward's data, either to train an algorithm or to validate or to deploy an algorithm. And we create a secure computing enclave in the cloud environment of the data steward. So this is important for a couple of reasons. One is it means the data never leaves the control of the data steward. So one of the big worries in healthcare is if I share my data with you to develop some AI, how do I know what you're gonna do with that data? How do I know that your environment isn't gonna lose the data? So now with, with Beekeeper AI and our product Escrow AI, the data stays in control of the data steward at all times. So that's number one. Number two is it's always encrypted. So the data is always protected. So even if someone breaks into your cloud environment, steals it, it's encrypted data, they can't do anything with it. And then using Intel's SGX and TDX technologies, we can also encrypt the data during compute. So we have it encrypted when it's at rest in their environment, when it's in transit into the secure computing enclaves, it's encrypted. And then while the algorithm is actually computing on the data, it's encrypted as well. And then nothing leaves the secure computing enclave other than a report of the performance of the algorithm in the validation phase or 
um, artifacts that you need for training, or if it's a deployment case, the data that is supposed to leave to get back to the data steward in the deployment case. So is this working, you're, you're saying like within their cloud environment, is this functioning on-prem for these healthcare data stewards, or can it also function like even in a, a cloud service provider? So right cloud? now, yep, excellent question. Right now it works in the Microsoft Azure cloud environment using Azure Confidential Computing. So it's purely in the data stewards cloud. So in their cloud tenancy, we using um, you know, de um, DevOps pipelines can create these enclaves, spin them up, spin them down as they're using them, but it purely exists within their cloud environment. Um, we're moving towards an on-prem capability. Turns out a lot of healthcare data is still on-prem. And you heard some of the announcements using TDX will, will actually be a great way to protect the on-prem uh, you know, data access as well. Well, fantastic. Michael Blum, thank you so much, CEO of Beekeeper AI and uh, former cardiologist at UCSF. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Great talking to you. Stefan Goebel, Head of Strategic Engineering Partnerships at SAP. Welcome to Innovation. Yeah, thank you so much for having me here. Yeah, and so SAP being a software company, you know, what is kind of your interest in this connection between software and hardware? Yeah, for us, I mean, uh, we of course have a huge portfolio of software and for 30 years we've been working with Intel very closely. And uh, we don't want to um, spend very much time on porting software from A to B. We want to leverage the innovation when it comes out. And as part of that, uh, also have an opportunity to drive this innovation into our customer uh, base. So it's uh, really important for us to understand in detail what are the innovations that are coming and how this also not only comes from Intel but also into the CSPs as well as to the OEMs. Um, I'm personally very interested in the larger instances that we'll get with uh, Sapphire Rapids right now on the CSPs but then also over time with Granite Rapids um, and then of course uh, the whole topic of Edge uh, where we've been working together is uh, very interesting. So what do you think, uh, what kinds of trends should be people be paying attention to as we move out of the end of 2023 and into 24? Yeah, I mean, first of all, uh, of course, AI is the overlaying topic uh, for all activities right now. That, of course, uh, needs to be able to be applied on all levels. So it was really great to see the uh, AIPC in the keynote. And uh, that needs to be um, like embedded in the mindset of all developers going forward so that you also have applications that consume that, not only on the PC, but also on, on the edge and then also made available in the cloud. Um, via the CSPs. Well, uh, Stefan Goebel from SAP, thank you very much for your time. All right, thank you so much. You're listening to Live from the Green Room, a special edition of In Technology podcast, featuring participants and speakers from Intel Innovation 2023. Welcome Dr. Ken Urquhart from Zscaler, Global VP of 5G Strategy. Well, thank you, Camille. It's great to be here. You actually were on stage earlier today with uh, Greg Lavender. What were you announcing? Uh, we're announcing the uh, start of Zero Trust Cloud to Silicon, because now with the confidential computing, the last hole in the cybersecurity stack, which is you no know, control over the hypervisor on the servers. So if that gets hacked, the opposition can watch all the bytes going down to the hardware for compute everything back up, they can change it, block it, mess with it, and there is really no defense against that. Now is the app running on a virtualized server 
you have control. And if that server is compromised, yeah, they can't see what you're doing. So you put control in the hands of the app itself to verify the hardware infrastructure before you run. Yeah, it's the whole point of zero trust. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, trust, but verify. Right now it's been, hey, we're cool, we're safe, trust us. And that works right up until you find out they've been breached. Mm-hmm. Now you can be sure, even if the hypervisor layer in a public cloud or a cloud you don't own is breached and they're poking around, they can't see what you're doing. Right now, I'm worried about closing the last holes in the entire stack of zero trust. Up until now, there is that last thing, that last last couple of nanometers mm-hmm. that your data goes down to the hardware and comes back up. Mm-hmm. You had to trust that was secure. Right. Now you know it's secure yeah. with Intel Trusted Domain, Trusted Domain Extensions, TDX, yeah. and uh, coupled with Intel Trust Authority because the TDX makes you safe. Mm-hmm. But zero trust says you have to prove it. And Intel Trust Authority, you know, the technology that uh, used to be called Project Amber, now lets you check and verify you're running in that safe digital enclave. And that's the last piece you need, which is the proof. Right. So so what's the the next frontier for AI or cloud security? Oh, keeping your data safe from the AI and making sure the... this is really important because it's this, this. It's one of these subtle things that you tend to get glossed over when you're listening to the rah-rah around the tech, is that there's some gotchas, some gotchas in generative AI. Once you put the data in, you can't get it out to erase it. It becomes intermeshed with everything else you put into the AI. That's just how the algorithms work. So if someone says, oh, we put confidential information, uh, how do we get it out? The short answer is you erase everything, stick all the original data back in in the same order without the piece that you don't want in there. So there is a massive retraining effort mm-hmm. if something goes in that you need to take out again. Remember there's a famous one, um, Sarah Silverman wrote, the comedian, wrote a book and found that uh, ChatGPT had received her copyrighted material because she could ask about her book and she would get whole, you know, paragraphs that is not the same as if someone reviewed it. Right. That book was fed in from some source that didn't have permission. She said, right. fine, I'm asserting copyright, take it out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, uh, yeah, we're going to have to retrain the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And that means retrain the whole thing. And why can you not extract? Because when you put data into a complex neural network, it essentially gets distributed over the massive fabric that is the neural network. And it can depend on the order you put the information in, time between, how many times you reinforce it, how you tune it, and you can't take it out once you put it in. It's like when you read stuff with your brain, you memorize it or you remember it, and someone says, you better forget about that one paragraph in some book you read. How are you going to? Would you even know where to start? Right. We're not sufficiently advanced to be able to go in and perform a very, very careful removal of information. All right. Well, uh, Ken Urquhart, Global VP of 5G Strategy for Zscaler, thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. Great to be here at Intel Innovation 2023. Hip Dang, VP of Product from Hidden Layer. What are you doing here today at Innovation? Well, I am here to uh, represent my company, Hidden Layer. Uh, We are a cybersecurity product for artificial intelligence. 
Okay, and tell me a little bit more about that. Are, are you preventing attacks or are you looking at protecting pro intellectual property? Artificial intelligence or machine learning models is susceptible to attacks, right? And so, um, you know, where our company was founded uh, from an actual real life incident, an attack on a machine learning model from our previous company. So our three co-founders, um, Chris Cicito, he goes by Tito, uh, Jim Ballard, and Tanner Burns, uh, I worked with them at a, previously at a company called Silence. And at Silence, we were a cybersecurity company that was the first to apply machine learning to the antivirus problem. So at Silence, we built a machine learning model that would actually detect malicious software proactively based on the supervised training that uh, it did on it. So a brand new file shows up that you've never seen before. It could tell that that was similar to something that it had trained on before and actually proactively prevent the machine from getting infected. Well, what ended up happening was there was a, uh, an attack on Silence's machine learning model. And our co-founders are part of that response team. And what the attacker did was they were able to find a way to uh, pull out specific strings on a file that was weighted too heavily on the uh, machine learning model and add it to, uh, to malware. And so malware that was previously detected is now uh, undetected. As you can imagine, it had a huge implications to the company because that was its core intellectual property. And so when our founding team uh, was, uh, was going through that incident response, they realized that once AI became widely adopted, this problem would exist for every company and every machine learning model. Well, so they started another company. So they started another company called Hidden Layer. And um, you know, we thought we had two or three years to educate the market on this problem. But as it turns out, a little thing happened uh, called ChatGPT, November 2022, which made AI I think I've heard of that. A, new, a new dinner conversation, right? So it, the public became aware of AI. With artificial intelligence, it is susceptible to cybersecurity attacks. So the first thing is a lot of companies are using third-party uh, models. They're either creating their own proprietary model or they're using third-party models and open source models. The ML model can have embedded malicious code in it. It could have vulnerabilities, it could have backdoors. So uh, machine learning models can be a, um, a conduit or a mechanism for delivering malware into an organization. So every department's downloading machine learning models from third-party sources. It can be a launch pad for malware coming into your organization. So one of our products is a model scanner that does an introspective scan of the model, and it's looking for those types of issues before you continue on the training process, introducing that risk to the organization. Our second product is machine learning detection and response, or MLDR. And what it does is it actually monitors, uh, when you put the model onto an endpoint and put it into production, uh, it introduces a whole host of different attacks available to it because now anyone can interact with it, right? So our real-time product, machine learning detection and response, it's actually monitoring the inputs and outputs of the requesters of the model to identify what we call adversary machine learning attacks. Very, very interesting. Um, what should we sort of keep our eye out for as 2023 comes to a close and we move into 2024? Well, the first thing is everyone's using AI as a buzzword right now, so you kind of have to differentiate what, you know, what is and what isn't. Um, but AI is here to stay, right? Um, and the, the application of AI and its implications and its benefits of both technical and business problems uh, has huge ramifications, both positive and negative. Uh, and we need to protect it uh, in order to be able to continue to innovate and be able to adopt it safely. And uh, I think anyone, any company that's considering adopting AI needs to think about the security implications of that and put policies in, and policies in place and tools in place like Hidden Layer to be able to monitor and protect their AI. Well, thank you very much. Hip Dang, VP of Product at Hidden Layer. It's great to see you here at Innovation. Thank you, Camille. Hey, so I've just run into Danilo Alves Araujo. you got to help me with your last name. How do I say it in Araujo. Araujo. That's beautiful. Okay. And this is Portuguese. Yeah, yeah. 
That's okay, so we are from Brazil. I'm from Brazil. Okay, and so what are you doing at Innovation? Okay, I came invited by, by Intel. Uh, I'm representing here uh, Cloud Girls. It's a community focused on bringing more women to the technology. Currently in Brazil, we have a meetup with more than 19,000 women subscribed to our, to our meetup. And we used to, to do, to run some meetups. We used to do some uh, hackathons. We used to do some training, some sessions to spread the knowledge, to mentoring program, to spread the knowledge and bring more women to the technology. This is our, our goal. Okay, and so Cloud Girls is the name of it. Is the name only in English or is it a Portuguese name also? Yeah, it's, a, it's an English name, but it makes sense in, in okay. Portuguese. Okay. Yeah, so everybody loves the, the, the name. Uh, but it makes it makes sense uh, when you we mean cloud girls. Everybody understands in, in Portuguese. Yeah. Okay. Well, very cool. Um, and what surprised you since you've been here? Any like interesting innovations or technology that you were? Yeah, I'm very excited to to be here because as I used to to say, when we come to to here, especially in events in US, we really see the future. I will explain you why. Because most of the technology here that we see now takes a long time to be applied. For example, in Brazil, there is a huge gap between the technology here in the Silicon Valley and in Brazil. So this technology that we are seeing now, will take five years, up to 10 years to, to be running there. So for us, it's, it's impressive to, to see it. And when we go back to, to our country, we go back with a different mindset. So it's incredible to, to attend this kind of event. And you're, are you broadcasting from here, recording and then posting once you get home? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're creating a, a lot of uh, content, videos to share the knowledge here with our, our community. Everybody is excited, waiting for the content because we, we are telling in our social media that we are... Uh, we are attending the, the sessions, yeah. but uh, we, we want to share everything with our community. Very cool. Do you have a technology background yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, uh, Cloud Girls currently it's an NGO in Brazil. So it's a, a job that I have a parallel with my professional job. In fact, I work at uh, Salesforce as a solution engineer of MuleSoft. That's an integration tool. And uh, I used to to have these two uh, jobs, one focus on the NGO and another one focus on Salesforce. So these are my backgrounds and what I used to do. Well, Danilo, very nice to meet you. Okay, nice to meet you too. All Thank right. you very much. Bye-bye. So I have Andy Gower uh, from Pure Storage, Group Marketing Manager. Welcome to Innovation. Thank you. So Excited to be here. Yeah, what are you guys showing here today? Yeah, so um, Pure Storage about three and a half years ago bought a company called Portworks. And Portworks is focused on how do we bring storage and data to a Kubernetes world? And how do we partner with Intel and, and folks like Red Hat to make that safe and secure and a place to run production workloads? So we are here today showing how Portworks can provide the storage and data you need uh, under the covers to provide, or to support, excuse me, those, those workloads going in production on something like OpenShift or uh, any Kubernetes platform. Okay, and so are you very focused on security or AI or you know, cloud migration? Like what's kind of your main? 
focus? Yeah, I'd say it's a little bit of all of those. So we're seeing this trend in the industry where folks are saying the next set of workloads, whether it's AI ML workloads, whether it's my core banking workloads, I need to run those on Kubernetes, but I have to have all those services I had in my traditional environment on a Kubernetes environment. So that means the encryption at rest, the encryption in flight, the disaster recovery, the ability to back up and restore those applications, I have to have that. And what Portworx does is we work with, with Intel and Red Hat to provide that storage and data management layer that gives those services to customers. So they can say, hey, that AIML workload, let's put it on Kubernetes, let's take advantage of the Kubernetes control plane, but have the enterprise grade features we need so it's safe and secure uh, while we're running it in production. What is kind of an interesting concept or idea that you've seen here today? Yeah, so one of the things we're seeing a lot, especially I'll say, uh, I'll focus on AIML because it's, it's the hot trend is, how can you use kind of visual insights and uh, visual designs to drive customer behavior? So uh, you go to say a fast food chain and you see, you know, they see your license plate, they see something about you and they can give you a custom set of um, options for you to order when you get up to the window. That type of innovation is using Kubernetes in the back end, the ability to kind of draw on that data and make inferences instantly. Um, and so that's kind of the cool innovation that you can do with containers, uh, you can do with those production workloads when you're using um, you know, a Portworx, an OpenShift, or something like that together. Mm -hmm. and, and what future trends do you see in AI? Like as we move into 2024, what's going to be the big kind of push? I think the biggest push in AI ML is really going to be that trend towards using Kubernetes as a control plane. I think for a long time, Kubernetes was looked at as a cool project for folks on the side to play with. And hey, it's not quite ready for our true AI ML workloads. It's not quite ready for our production workloads. I think we're seeing an evolution in the technology from vendors like us, from vendors like Intel, from vendors like you know, the Red Hats of the world to support those models. And when you support those models, it allows the data scientists to build cool things, uh, build cool models and actually put them uh, to play, whether it's for genomic sequencing, whether it's for you know, the, the videos that you watch on Netflix, um, all of that is enabled with Kubernetes. And I think that trend will really pick up as folks start to put those workloads uh, onto Kubernetes in the next year or two. I think that that's the first time I've heard like a reference to movies and genome in the same sentence. So <laughs> thank I'll, you for I'll, that. I'll take it, I'll take it. <laughs> okay, Andy Gower uh, from Pure Storage, thank you very much for your time. Absolutely, thank you. Stay tuned for the next episode of In Technology and follow at Tom M. Garrison and Camille at Morehart on Twitter to continue the conversation. Thanks for listening. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guests and author and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Intel Corporation. Intel Corporation.